Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel and chapter number 16. 1 Samuel and chapter number 16 as we get back into our series here in 1 Samuel. When a nation needs revival. When a nation needs revival. <clears throat> By the way, Brother Ted's uh, on vacation. He's not just hanging out at church tonight. I just, or today, I just thought I'd mention that. We'll have some in and out of, on vacation. So anyways, just thought I'd mention that. <clears throat> Not defending him, I'm just simply saying he's on vacation. So. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. First Samuel chapter uh, 16, and um, we'll begin in verse number 13. That'll help us as we get, get back into it. There's a few other verses that I believe would do us good to look at in conjunction with this passage. Uh, and what we're, what we're going to consider is, in many ways, a unique passage. And so I want to try to be very clear as to what is meant, what is not meant or intended by the passage. And so you'll see that as we get into it. So let's begin reading now. 1 Samuel 16 and verse number 13. Our text is going to begin in verse 14. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, that'd be David, anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And notice this, and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward, so Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now that's, that's the key to the life of David right there. And, and so, by the way, that's the key to our spiritual lives is the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David, empowering him for service, getting him ready for service. Now it's going to be a good while before he's king. Saul is going to continue a good number of years prior to David becoming king. And he's going to have a terrible time doing it because he's doing it without God's help. Look at verse 14. It says in verse 14, our text, but the spirit of the Lord, what a contrast. The spirit of the Lord came upon David, but here it says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And not only that, but look at the last part of the verse, if you would, please. And an evil spirit from the Lord, what's it say? Troubled him. So not only did the spirit of of the Lord, notice that capital S, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, but an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. You know, sometimes other people notice your problems before you do. And they noticed uh, something's bothering Saul. Verse 16, let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player, in other words, very skilled or has the ability to play in a musical instrument, a cunning player on an harp, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and plain, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely, in other words, he's a handsome, he's a handsome young man, a comely person, and, and here's really the key, and the Lord is with him. That's a repeated phrase about the life of David. The Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent servants, I'm sorry, sent messengers unto Jesse, and said, send me, David, thy son, which is with the sheep. I, I think that's significant. If I could just pause right here to say that David knows that he's anointed as king, but he's not above shepherding sheep. He just can't 
he just kept right on doing what God gave him to do right then and, and, and allowed that, that God was using that to prepare him to be the king. It's humility. The Spirit of God was with him. Verse 20, it says, And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David, his son, unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him. My, what an opportunity. Um, it says, He stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. Isn't this ironic? Saul doesn't even know that the next king of Israel is playing the harp for him and being his armor bearer. Doesn't even realize it. You say, how do you know he doesn't realize it? He would have cast a javelin at him <laughs> earlier. He doesn't even realize it. Verse 22, and Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David, I pray thee, stand before me for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So it's an interesting passage, isn't it? It's an interesting passage. And we're going to follow the text and allow that it, it helps us to see a contrast between David and Saul. And tonight, I believe you'll find yourself in one of those two spots. Either a spiritually troubled soul, agitated, irritated, uh, aggravated, <laughs> or like David, humble, teachable, serving, glad to be about the work that God given him to do. So the title of the message tonight, we're primarily going to focus on Saul, but I certainly want to give due attention to David, but I mainly want to give attention to all of us. <laughs> And here's the title, A Spiritually Troubled Soul. A Spiritually Troubled, you could almost say Saul, but here it is, A Spiritually Troubled Soul. I wonder if you've got a spiritually troubled soul, and I wonder if there's a remedy. There is. There's a remedy for that, and it's not CBD. Gummies are not going to help that. A spiritually troubled soul has a remedy. It has a remedy. And we need to look at it here tonight. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. Let's, let's consider this. <clears throat> There's sometimes that you, you just, you can't avoid trouble. It just comes your way, you know. Things that irritate you. You know, I mean, here, here we are in the summer months. In my soul, it's 90-something it's, it's degrees, and it's May. Whew. Humidity's on, right? And we can't control that except in here. Isn't that a blessing? Thank God for air conditioning. And, and uh, now some of you are freezing out, and others of you are still hot. And so anyways, we're not here to solve all problems, just here. I mean, you can't control humidity unless you move to Colorado or Arizona. And then in Arizona, it's going to be 115 degrees. So, I mean, pick your poison, right? I mean, which, which way you want to go, you know? You can't control the weather. Um, mosquitoes probably are going to come. They're already here, I think, right? And you can't control all that. I mean, you can put on repellent, though, right? 
You can, you can do something about that or you can stay inside or, um, but don't do that. Get outside. Amen. All right. Um, sunburns. Sunburns are terrible, especially for a bald guy. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. It's painful. I, I despise, I don't like sunburns, but I like being outside. So what do you do? Well, you wear a hat or you put on sunscreen, you do something. I mean, you can't avoid all trouble, right? I remember riding horses. We had, uh, you know, horse flies. I mean, those of you that have been around horses, I mean, they're, they're just aggravating. And that horse would be whipping its tail and trying to get the one. And sometimes he's bucking you around. And, and it's not you, it's the fly that's bothering him. And they're up around the ears and they're doing all this and shaking. And Does anybody know what I'm talking about? See that horse doing like that? And in fact, right now it's real bad about even flies. If you have a dog outside, I know that we battled this with our dog Tucker and, and uh, with uh, flies getting on his ears and man, just he's twitching all the time. And some, I mean, it, it gets bad. You can't control that, but you can put some ointment on. And, and then finally, I, I mean, I found some that had, it was like pink, but that was almost like worse than the flies because what, what white lab wants to have pink ears? It just, that wasn't good. That's more irritating than the flies, I would assume. But, but uh, then we found some clear ointment, you know, to put on there for that season from May into June. I mean, it was just bad. I don't know why it is. It's just bad. There's a lot, there's a lot of things that are aggravate you. Did you drive here today? Then you probably had some aggravation on the road. I mean, there's just all kinds of irritants around us. But many of the irritations in life, actually, we bring on ourselves. I mean, Saul's irritated. Saul's aggravated. Saul's agitated. Saul's despondent. Saul's fearful. Saul's terrified. Saul's jealous. Saul's envious. Saul's in a rage. Saul's angry. Saul's upset. Saul's throwing a javelin at his, eventually throwing a javelin at David, throwing a javelin who, at David, who's his son-in-law. I mean, you know, you got a bad, you got a bad day with your father-in-law whenever he's throwing a javelin your way, right? And so there it is, a javelin coming his way and then threw a javelin at his own son, was suspicious of his wife and his kids and thought everybody was against him. I mean, went to a witch of Endor. Eventually, uh, I mean, just, just all, all kinds of just bizarre behavior from, from in Saul's life. But the thing we're considering here tonight is that, I mean, he was... He was uh, restless. I would imagine that, um, that there may even be some here tonight that say something like this. I can't wait till I turn 18 so I can get out of this house. So I don't have to come to church and I don't have to do all these things. I'll be so glad when I get to do my own thing. Uh, you don't realize how good you've got it. Number one. And it may seem like all this authority that's just around your ears and you're trying to get away from it. But really, that's not your problem. It's more of an internal problem. And, but you may be saying, I can't wait till I get out of Oklahoma. <laughs> Can I tell you tonight, Oklahoma's not your problem? <laughs> I can't wait till I get out of this church. Can I tell you tonight? Can I just help, help you here tonight? Southwest Baptist Church is not your problem. You say, man, I don't, I don't even like the music here. Well, you've got a problem. You say, that wasn't very nice. Well, I mean, it, uh, <laughs> how are you going to say, I don't, like, I don't like the song, The Lord is My Shepherd? I don't, like, I don't like the song, Higher Ground. I don't like the song, We'll Work Till Jesus Comes. I don't like that song, I Believe It All. Now, I don't think anybody would verbally say that, but some of you might be agitated. 
Some of you uh, may be having a hard time sleeping at night. I, I feel like I'm doing a commercial. <laughs> Do you have a hard time sleeping at night? Do you get ag easily aggravated while in church? Are you easily annoyed by the people that are around you? Are you annoyed by preaching, especially long preaching? Do you? <laughs> then, <laughs> I'm glad that we can look in the text and get a prescription for that that doesn't have ill side effects. You see some of those commercials and it says, you have this, this, and this, then take this, but it might cause, and I don't want that. I stick with what I got, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just wondering tonight, it may be that you're kind of aggravated, agitated, irritated, uh, bitter, resentful, just, I mean, just uneasy. You don't even like the introduction to the message tonight. Saul's choices were catching up with him. There was a time in Saul's life when the Spirit of God was upon Saul. First, first uh, Samuel, we saw it, First Samuel 10, 10. There was a time when the Spirit of God was upon Saul. First Samuel 11, the Spirit of God came upon Saul and empowered him for service. And it, it may be that even some of you, and I, some of you that, are, that are in a, sp a spiritual um, agitated state, if you're saved tonight, I'm going to venture out to say there was a time when you had the joy of the Lord. I'm going to venture to say tonight that, that if you're genuinely saved, now the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and if you're saved tonight, there probably was a time when you were glad about that. And you can still be. I believe you can be saved and happy at the same time. But there's something that has happened in your life or maybe some things that have happened and maybe you're wrestling with bitterness or you're wrestling with some circumstances that have come on around you. And, and so you've lost the joy. What do you do? And then on top of that, you've made some wrong decisions. Now, let's just be honest tonight. A lot of the things that probably you're struggling with are as a result of your own choices. If I don't put something on my head, if I don't, if I don't uh, you know, put some sunscreen on, then I'm going to get sunburned if I'm out there any length of time. And I can't blame anybody but myself, right? And there's some situations in life that no doubt that maybe you've made some choices here and there and you're so aggravated about the circumstances that you're in and you don't even like what's going on around you. Why don't you take some time tonight and really consider that it's not necessarily what's going on around you, but it's probably what's going on that's in you that has left you in an irritated, agitated state. And then let's see what the remedy is for this because I was drawn to the fact that there was a time when Saul was indeed endowed by the Spirit of God. This, by the way, the Spirit of God worked differently in Old Testament times than He does now in the New Testament times. Now we have the blessing, the privilege of being indwelt by the Spirit of God, sealed by the Spirit of God. By the way, salvation is the same way. Everybody's always saved the same way. The Spirit of God convicting of sin and being saved by faith. That is, that is Old and New Testament. But in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came upon Gideon. The Spirit of God came upon Samson. The Spirit of God came upon Othniel. The Spirit of God came upon David. The Spirit of God came upon Saul. So they the Spirit of God, in this sense, is coming upon them, empowering them for service. Okay. So if you're saved tonight, then you're indwelt by the Spirit of God. You'll never lose the Spirit of God. Do you understand that? I think it's very important. I just thought about maybe somebody that's brand new to this, and they would think, man, can I lose the Spirit of God? No, you can't lose the Spirit of God. He indwells you. Okay. But in the Old Testament times, He empowered them for a specific service. And so the Spirit of God left Saul and went upon David. Somebody, uh, in the King James Bible commentary, it says this, while David was being prepared for office, Saul was being punished by the Lord. 
Now, I wonder which tonight would, would qualify you or would classify you or, or describe you rather. Are you being prepared by the Lord for what God wants you to do or in some way are you being punished? Well, if you're being punished by the Lord, then, then that's the chastening of the Lord, which he loves, whom he loves, he, he what? He chastens, right? Which is actually a blessing. Now, no chastening seemeth to be joyous, but rather grievous. I don't like chastening, but I am thankful now for times when God did chasten me to get my attention. I too was at a time, and maybe you can relate with this, I too was at a time when I didn't like church. Yes. I didn't like being in church. I, I didn't like being there. I didn't like spiritual people. You know why? Because I was not. And they just aggravated me, agitated me. But then once I did what's in the text or should have been in Saul's life, um, actually, I started liking gospel music, quartet music, trio music, duets and solos, started listening to preaching and off times. Like, not even church times. And, and by the way, you want overdose on preaching? I just wonder what kind of spirit you've got tonight. And by that, I mean, what, what's, what's your spiritual condition right now? Instead of repenting, Saul was pretending. Remember that? He had sinned against God in offering the sacrifice, lost the kingdom. He'd sinned against God in the matter of Agag, spared the best. But then he asked Samuel, please, Samuel, go with me to, the, to worship. In other words, Samuel, don't make me look bad. And I, I believe every week in churches, there are people that don't want to look bad. They know they're living in sin, and yet they want to be in church so that they look at least like they're trying to live a spiritual life. God doesn't go along with your pretending, but he is open to your repenting. I'm going to say that again. God will not go along with your pretending, but he is not only open to, but he's desirous of your repenting. Is that making sense so far tonight? God, God wants you to come to a place of repentance. By the way, I'll just give it to you early. That, that's the remedy here. That's the remedy. It, when, when Saul was at the spiritual state that he was in, I wonder if this story would have read differently had he repented of his sin and said, God, I was so wrong in what I did. Would you please forgive me and help me to do right? I realize I can't be king any longer. I realize that things aren't going to be able to be the same. I realize that, watch this, I realize that there's even consequences for forgiven sin, but God, I want to be right with you. Listen, I think if that had been the case in Saul's life, the evil spirit would not have come from the Lord. But because he was not repentant, God would not allow him to enjoy his unrepentant state. Nor will God allow you to enjoy your unrepentant state if you're in one. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm preaching to everybody here tonight because all of us have been there at one time or another. 
okay? All of us have been there at one time or another. And if you're not there right now, then that's the grace of God that's been at work in your life to help you to be right with God so that you can enjoy spiritual things. But tonight, if you're at a place where I, I'm, what is being described here in the text is actually describing you, then, then what you need to do, are you listening to me real carefully here tonight? What you need to do is get things right with God and then the joy of the Lord can come back in your life. And yes, there may be, and there will be, no doubt, consequences even for forgiven sin. And yet he can restore you to the joy of his salvation. But if you're at a place where you know that you're not living right and you're not repenting of that, then don't think that God's going to allow you to enjoy that state of life. Don't think God is going to allow you to enjoy that state of life. You're not going to be able to appeal your head at night and everything be okay. You may put on a big old smile here at church. You may shake as many hands as you can. And you may even hold the hymn book in your hand. And you may even have the Bible in your lap here tonight. But listen, you deep down in the recesses of your soul, you know whether you're right with God or not. And if you're not right with God, then he's not going to let you be okay with that. <clears throat> so what did God do? Well, as the text tells us what God did. He, the Spirit of God departed from Saul, which would have devastating effect on the man's life. Because if the Spirit of God coming upon a man has a positive impact on a man's life, like it did in the life of, uh, of, of Samson even, isn't that amazing that the Spirit of God came upon Samson, but didn't the Spirit of God leave Samson? But when the Spirit of God came upon Samson, isn't it true that it made Samson and Gideon and Othniel and others, once the Spirit of God came upon them, it made them victorious? Watch this. When, when the hand of God and, and realizing that the Spirit of God is not going to depart from you in the sense of, of you losing your salvation, that will not happen. But watch this. If, if you're not in a place where you're walking with the Lord, then the hand of God can't be upon your life to make you effective and victorious in your Christian life. And so then you're left to yourself, living by your own wisdom, power, and, and abilities, which really means you are ineffective. Now Saul would be without courage, without guidance, without power, and doomed to defeat. And not only that, but he was opposed by an evil spirit. Now what does that mean? Let's begin with this, all right? Now, look at the text again. Would you please, is, is everybody following along so far? Sure seems like you are, and that's a real blessing. I just want to make sure everybody's still on the bus. Yeah. All right. Um, look, look at verse number 14b again. It says, an evil spirit and an evil spirit, there's no denying this, from the Lord troubled him. An evil spirit from the Lord, an evil spirit, an evil spirit. Now, the, the word evil... Um, the word evil can, can have multiple meanings. It can be a moral evil. There, there's evil. God saw the evil of man, Genesis chapter 6. He saw the wickedness of man. He saw the moral or immoral character of man, and he judged the earth in the worldwide flood. Okay? So there is an evil, but wait a minute, this is an evil spirit that comes from the Lord. So now if it's an, a, a demon, um, is it that God's permitting that evil spirit to come upon Saul and to torment him? Or, or what's, what's the case? And I mean, if you study this out, you're going you're gonna to see both. But, but notice the text does not say an unholy spirit came from the Lord. 
That would be different. Now, here's, here's what we can start with. We do know this. God is holy and cannot even be tempted with evil. Can't even be tempted with it. He's holy and cannot be unholy. So he's not the author of sin. All right. So um, the context is going to help us here immensely. The word evil is also defined by calamity, destruction, or judgment, pain, misery, distress. In fact, let me give you a couple uh, verses in Genesis chapter 26. Um, this is in reference to Isaac. We don't have time to look at the context, but that, that thou wilt do us no hurt. Um, do us no hurt. The word hurt is the word evil. Okay, do us no hurt, do us no harm. Cause us no pain or misery. All right, here's one I think that'll really help. In Job chapter number two, the Bible says, now when Job's three, friend, three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him. All right, so it says when all this evil was come upon Job. So the word evil in that context clearly is not a moral evil that has come upon Job. Because we know in the context of it that it was rather this distressing situation has come upon Job only, by the way, by virtue of God's allowing it to come. But in this context, what I want to try to get all everybody to see here is that, that this evil here that is described in Job chapter, chapter number uh, two is calamity. Destruction or key word here would be even judgment in some contexts, although this was not God's judgment upon Job because Job was a righteous man. But this harm, this hurt has come upon him. All right, so everybody still follow me? All right, so a couple quotes. One um, says this, the Hebrew word that's translated evil may refer to character. We've already talked about that, the character of the spirit or, or to its effect the evil spirit. So it's either in character an evil spirit or it's a spirit that causes hurt. A spirit that, uh, that causes pain or misery or affliction or calamity. All right, um, another quote. Rather than describing the spirit's essential character, the term evil probably refers to his mission as one of judgment. His mission. So again, same thing, effect or mission. Let me ask you this. Of course, we know that angels are ministering what? Spirits. Okay. So the angelic beings in Revelation that are used to pour out the judgment of God, either they're involved in that judgment, are those evil angels? No, they're there bringing judgment upon an unrepentant earth. Are you following me? They are bringing judgment upon an unrepentant earth. They are sent from God to judge the earth. They are not evil in their character, but they come to cause distress upon the earth, but they cause distress upon the earth because of man's unrepentant spirit. So if God would do that on a worldwide focus, why would he not do that in the life of one man, namely Saul, who was being unrepentant towards God, that God 
commissioned a spirit, an angelic being. I mean, there, there's speculation about other, other possibilities here, but let's just allow that what's going on in Revelation on a worldwide basis is actually taking place in the life of one man named Saul, that there was a spirit sent from God that was aggravating him, that would not let him rest because of his unrepentance. Is unrepentance a word? Or his lack of repentance? Okay. Does that make sense to you? So an evil spirit sent from God, basically, to not let Saul rest because of his lack of repentance. Now, this is isolated, okay? In the sense that, that this uh, took place in Saul's life, we don't see this repeated in others. And so I'm, I'm not making a case today that this is how God operates all the time. I'm not saying that at all. But I will say this, the Spirit of God can bother you about things. The, I'm talking about the Spirit of God can, will not let you rest and God can use some others to be a, a spirit that would afflict you or, or that cause you not to rest because of your lack of repentance. So here we have, uh, in the context, look at, look at the next verse. Actually, this really does, or the last part of verse 14, this answers it for us. This is not God doing evil. God cannot do evil. But, but God will work in a way to bring pain to somebody that's not repentant for their own good to help them come to repentance eventually. That would be the desired end. But look at the context. It says in the latter part of verse 14 that the Lord troubled this, I'm sorry, an evil spirit from the Lord. What does it do? Troubled him. Troubled him. So it, terror, it terrified him. It terrorized him. I'm, I'm reading definitions of the word. In, um, in 2 Samuel 22, ungodly men made me afraid. So here's a man who once was a man of courage and power, but now a man who is fearful. Um, in Job again, Job says, you know, when I had all this trouble coming into my life, what I really wanted to do is just go to sleep and get some peace. But then when I was asleep, he says, thou, then thou scaredest me with my dreams and terrifiest me through visions. Even in my dreams, even in my sleep, I was being terrorized. Okay, that's the same word. All I'm pointing out is that this word troubled me is the word terrified in Job 7, 14. And it's the word afraid in 2 Samuel 22. In fact, it's used multiple times. And it's always in the context of either fear or afraid or, or, or gloom or discontentment. Another case that you might consider would be Nebuchadnezzar and how that he said, look at all that, that I have done. And God, God turned him into a, basically a wild animal living out in the fields for the next seven years. Is Saul mentally deranged? Is Saul experiencing depression? Is Saul experiencing all these things because of a certain circumstances? Yes. And listen to this. He put himself in that situation. We've already covered it, but let me go over this list again. He was fearful, gloomy, discontented, irritable, angry, jealous, vindictive, violent, suspicious, and well, listen to this, secretive. But do not forget that this was all due to the fact that Saul was in a state of rebellion. God was not going to allow him to enjoy that unrepentant state. In fact, we might say it this way. God brought him to a place of oppression because his choices led him there. 
Saul came to a place of oppression because his choices led him there. Let me, let me visualize it this way. Let's say this is the place of God's blessing here. And over here is the place of his judgment. And God's going to deal with you according to how you're responding to his work in your life. And so there was a time in Saul's life when he was doing right and he was enjoying God's blessing. He was, he was actually given great, what, listen to this word right here, opportunity. Opportunity. But when he sinned against God, now he's left the place of blessing and opportunity. And now he's over here at the place where he no longer has the opportunity that he once had. And on top of that, he's being oppressed. But I submit to you tonight that that's going on in his life, not because of God, but rather because of his own choices. And what Saul needed to do was repent and get right with God so that that would bring him back to the place of blessing and opportunity. But instead, his servants said this. They said, here's what we need to do. We need to find some music, a man that can play music and that will soothe you and give you a better spirit and cause that evil spirit to be driven away. So they looked for a man and they brought in David. Now here we pick up the providential hand of God Taking David, watch this, I'm going to put David over here, and putting David in a place of blessing and great opportunity because of his choices. It was his choices that brought him to this place of opportunity. It was Saul's choices that brought him to a place of oppression. And tonight, listen, listen very carefully right here. You're either in a place of great opportunity that's given to you by God and the blessings that come with that, or you're in a place of oppression and a loss of opportunity all because of your choices. It's your choices, dear friend. It's your choices. If you're agitated, irritated, vexed in your soul, it's because you chose to be there. Or if you're in a place where God has given you opportunity and you're growing and you're learning and you're developing, then you're in a place there because your choices have led you to a place where God's given you opportunity. The same thing is true in both that it's a matter of choice. I realize there's all kinds of circumstances. In fact, watch this. There's actually trouble that's going to come to David's life because the Spirit of God came upon him. But listen to this. I'd much rather have the trouble that's over here in the will of God than the trouble that comes to, over the, to the individual that's out of the will of God. I'd much rather have the trouble in the will of God than the trouble that's out of the will of God. So I'm asking you tonight, which trouble do you have? Do you have the trouble that's in the will of God or do you have the trouble because you're out of the will of God? And here's what can happen over here. There can be some temporary fixes that people turn to that really just put a Band-Aid on the problem and it does not really deal with the heart of the issue. And so they might even turn to music to do that. Now, David's playing good godly music and that had an effect on him. Now, listen, don't, don't listen to anybody that tells you that music is amoral and it doesn't have an impact on people's lives because it does have an impact on your lives and it creates a mood and an atmosphere that affects all of us. That's most definitely true. That's bore out right here in the scripture, but also is bore out in life. Music has an impact on you. Every time I study, I'm listening to music. And sometimes I don't even think about it. It's just in the background. It keeps me soothed. Not because I've got an evil spirit, but I'm just simply saying, I just love. <laughs> you say secrets out. No, 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 no. I'm just simply saying music is kind of helpful. The right kind of music. It, it soothes Saul. Temporarily. You know, some people, uh, 
Some people turn to drugs and alcohol right here. Because for a little while, it'll make your problems go away. But then actually what it'll do over here is it'll make them worse. Some people say, as soon as I get 18, I'll be out of this church. And listen, you may, you may feel like you're going to be out of a place of oppression, but I'm, I'm guaranteeing you this. If you're out of the will of God, friend, listen, there's a whole other level of oppression that's going to come to your life. And you're not going to like that for sure. In fact, you'll, you'll long for the day that you're back in Patch Club. And some of you say, man, I couldn't wait to get out of Patch. Well, I understand that because you're embarrassed being, you know, however old you are and, and, and up here and singing in front of everybody. I understand that part of it. But listen, this could be a spiritual condition where you say, you know, listen, I just want to be where God wants me to be. And there's blessings right here and there's enjoyment. I can even be in church and enjoy it on a Sunday night because things are right in my heart with God. And I love singing. I love music and I love preaching and I love the people of God. But listen, if you are living in sin secretly or openly, listen, it's no wonder that you're not enjoying these things because 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 God is, is dealing with you. In fact, you put yourself in a place where you vexed your soul just like Lot did. Is this making sense to you? And some people say, well, I'm telling you what, I'm just so depressed. I'm going to go out and buy myself something brand new, like a car. And a brand new car with a brand new car smell. Oh man, there's nothing in the world like it. I mean, people try to put it in a can, but you can't do that. It's in a car. Try to put it in a, in, a, in a scent thing hanging down from your, your mirror. And I mean, it, it kind of smells like that, but there's nothing like the smell of a brand new car. You say, I'll tell you what will make this depressive spirit go away from me if I can just buy a brand new car or brand new truck, even better. Man, that'll make me feel real good. And it will until you start making the payments. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy me a bigger house. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get another job. I'll tell you what I really need. I just need another job. I'm so agitated, irritated, aggravated. All these things. I'm fetched at this job place. And it may not be the job. It may be you. I'm going to get a different mate. Whoa. Because he's aggravating, she's aggravating, and I don't like this, and I don't like that. And it may, it may very well be that you haven't been loving, and you haven't been respectful. Oh, I don't want to deal with that. I want to deal with them. And you're oppressed right there. And the reason you're oppressed is because you're not paying attention to what God said to do within a marriage, and you brought yourself to that place, and somehow you think, well, if I just leave this one and find another one, it'll be a lot better. You go from one oppression to another oppression and probably become oppressive. Because not just any old change will do. It's got to be a heart change right here. Because there's no amount of money. There's no amount of stuff. There's no amount of people. There's no relationship. There's, there's no drug. There's no alcohol. There's no pill. There's no gummy. There's no music. There's no video. There's no music. There's no uh, movies. There's, there's no sports. There's no hobby that's going to take care of an unrepentant spirit. There's only one thing for that, and that's a trip down to the altar or some time alone with God to say, oh God, I've been wrong against you, and I've been disquieted in my spirit. I've been so unsatisfied. I've been so discontent. Ted, I'm so confused by what's going on in life and I just want, I want to be right with you. Now listen, God can work right there. But until you try everything else under the sun, just like Solomon did, and he tried everything else under the sun, and he said, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, until he came to the conclusion, fearing God, that's the whole duty of man. And he got back over here where things were right, and then his, his understanding was returned to him, and he saw life like it was, and then the blessings came returned. I just wonder tonight which side you're living on in a place of oppression or a place of opportunity. And it all really depends on your heart and your choices. 
Because the music was only a band-aid to the real problem. And then the rest of the account basically is just showing how spiritually in tune David was at this time. Saul was spiritually troubled in his soul because his choices put him there. I hope that you'd consider this tonight. Your choices will put you in a place of either oppression because of the opposition towards God's will in your life. Is everybody listening to this right here? Your choices will either put you in a place of oppression or put you in a place of opportunity. It's your choice. Which do you want? Oppression or opportunity? Boy, you know, when you say it that way, that's super clear. If you're here tonight and you're saying, I choose oppression. You need to go back and listen to this message. If you say tonight, you know, I want to be in God's will in a place where he can give opportunity. You listened. We drove to Springfield on Thursday and our niece, uh, Joe and Alyssa's daughter, Cassie, graduated from high school. And Cassie's just been a joyful young lady. I, I don't, many of you don't know Cassie, but she, I just, I just, I said, I said, Cassie, Cassie's always joyful. And she's, she's just bubbly. And her little sister, younger sister, Elena said, um, not always. <laughs> Only as a little sister can, right? But, uh. We get, and she's coming to school at Heartland and everything. And so we gave her a Heartland shirt. And she, she had this idea. She said, you know, I thought about this. I'd like to get a T-shirt that says, Future Heartland Alumni. I said, Cassie, that is a really good idea. Future Heartland Alumni. She was so happy about that, joyful about that. Future Heartland Alumni. And uh, I don't know who it was, but said, well, what if you don't pass? Then she said, well, I get a T-shirt that says, I tried. <laughs> I love it. Here's where she is. I can't wait to come. But I guarantee you, and I know of some, they were saying this, I can't wait to get out of this place. Oppression, opportunity. The choice is yours. And that's not just about a Bible college. That's only a point of illustration. I'm talking about Southwest Baptist Church. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about marriage. I'm talking about everything the Word of God talks about. It's just right there. And every day you make a choice. I'm either going to be oppressed because I'm making wrong choices or I'll be blessed. Oh, there you go. Oppressed or blessed. It's your choice. Let's choose to be blessed. And then God will give you the opportunities that He wants you to have. Isn't this wonderful? So much better over here. Where are you living? How's your spirit? God won't let you rest unrepentant because he loves you too much. Let's stand together here tonight. Spiritually troubled soul 
and a spiritually blessed soul. Now, David's going to have his low points, isn't he? He's going to make some very bad decisions. And yet the grace and mercy of God is going to be at work in his life to bring him back. And I think we all have been there. But would you please take evaluation tonight, at least, as to where you are at this very moment in, in time. And evaluate, am I at a place of oppression because of my choices, or am I at a place of being blessed? And then would you please take into very clear view that it's not a change of circumstances and it ought not be anything that you hold on to from the past that would keep you from doing this. But it ought to be this, the one remedy that will, that will clear things up in your heart and life is that word repentance, where you're seeing things from God's perspective and saying, God, you're right, and submitting unto Him. Now, Father, um, there's even other things coming into my mind to say, but I believe we've said enough here to consider and see this clearly laid out for us. And while we hit a difficult verse and the evil spirit sent from you, Lord, I believe what was very clear there is that you troubled him and it was because of his choices and his lack of repentance. And God, that could be said of us at different times of life. But tonight I pray that you would just search hearts as you alone can do. You know the heart, you try the reins. And tonight I pray, dear God, that you would clearly and compassionately work to draw all of us closer, but especially those that are at a place where they have a spiritually troubled soul. Lord, um, I pray that you would help through the Spirit of God working here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Some have come for baptism and some have come for prayer. Certainly want to give you that opportunity. Page 494, wherever he leads, I'll go. That's the spirit that we need to have. There's that spirit of openness and teach and being able to be taught and instructed. And so why don't you come here tonight as Brother Aaron leads us on this first verse.